Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Tuesday, March 19th. Uh, so happy Tuesday or AKA happy Tuesday, booze day, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Tuesday, booze day at the moment right now, cause I'm guessing it's happy hour right now. So some of y'all probably getting out of work right now, hitting up the bars, you know, with your coworkers or friends whatsoever and, you know, drinking your butts off and talking smack about your boss probably, right? Uh, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I wish I was like doing that right now with, with some people, but too bad, you know, I'm off. So, well, what can you do when you're off? Uh, except doing a podcast. And thank you for tuning in for episode one for the Mind of the Vu Tang podcast. It's your boy Drew Vu here. You know, of course, obviously, I got the Vu Tang. It's like, you know, kind of like a, exaggerated version of my last name Vu and you know it's kind of like Wu-Tang like Wu-Tang Clan but except it's the V Wu-Tang you know so if you y'all don't understand uh what I'm talking about uh I don't know how to help you but that's the easiest way I can say that but you know also I do stand you know I do stand-up comedy which is like what I'm trying to pursue right now while I'm going part-time at my day job uh, that I don't like, which is a typical retail, you know, working in the dirty fish department in a supermarket, you know, you know, just, you know. And today, in episode one, I'm just trying to, you know, I want to talk to everybody about, you know, self-interest. And then that's the best thing when it comes to, you know, being successful and uh, having, uh, getting a lot of, like, money in the near future, you know, because everybody... Uh, when, when we were kids, we always want to be rich. We we all say, oh, let's do this. Uh, I'm trying to get a million dollars. But guess what? In reality, only 3% of the population gets there for some reason, right? Why, why is that? You know, I always wonder that. Not just me, but a lot of people wonder that. It's only, why, is that why is only 90%, 97% uh, uh doesn't get rich and i know i'm not trying to sound like this uh you know the typical self-help ad that you s- see on facebook or instagram when you scroll up and everything but they're right i mean at the same time they all s- say the same thing just because uh they want to get money but they're they're not wrong at all the reason why they're rich is because you know not just uh they're trying to help you out but it's a scam at the same time it's not just uh, that they got successful from from people buying their their books or signing up for their seminars. It's just they hustled uh, right before they get to that point where you know they're just selling you know selling their selling their words to you just to like help you have that mindset like they have or or make you think. That their mindset is the right way to go, but you know, other than that, they just trying to get more money from you guys, and that's about it. And that's that's kind of what I'm doing right now with this uh with this little bit of podcast thing. Like I don't know nothing like right now, but all I'm doing is just doing a uh, stand up. Uh, I've been doing it for you know five to six years already. You know, um, and it's it's fun, but at the same time, it 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 can be, it can, it can be a kick to your own ass because you know it's, of course, every like first time when uh when I started, it, I was almost pissed in my pants because you know it's public speaking, not a lot of people, uh is, is brave enough brave enough to do it, but especially when you uh, you're trying to crack jokes, and everything. It's it's definitely painful and terrifying. But if you decide to stay in there and uh, keep and decide to keep on doing it, you'll get better. And then that fear of public speaking will go away later on throughout the years. And that's what it that's what it done for me a little bit uh, in my life. Stand up comedy actually helped me a lot, uh, especially with my communication skills. And yeah. Because stand-up comedy, it helped me got laid later on in the near future. Don't get me wrong. Stand-up comedy basically 
uh, helped me become become a more confident man. Just because uh, I've been going on stage trying to make people laugh and the people that I'm trying to make uh, laugh at me is just, you know, they, they come from different types of backgrounds or whatever. I'm, you know, I'm trying to make other dudes laugh. I'm trying to make women laugh. You know, I'm trying to make people from different ethnicities or from different cultures, you know, laugh. The hard part is it's it's uh it's to be relatable to your audience because, you know, obviously uh, the audience in the at a comedy club is always a uh, mix with with different backgrounds. So everybody that means everybody has a uh, uh different a different sense of humor. So I'm going to tell y'all uh, something if for for the people who decide to want to do stand up comedy, I want to tell you this: uh, to be like, just be uh, find a way to you know grow some thick skin because it's tough business. You know, I'm I'm not saying I'm professional right now, but I'm uh, you know I got better just by sticking in it. You know, I've been doing this for like about six years. And only and all together, I only got paid probably like a hundred and something dollars. Probably every time I got paid, it's just a twenty dollar bill. It's not a big show. It's uh, it's more like you know, a showcase run by a producer or run by my you know my other fellow comics. You know, who's trying to produce their own shows and also you know spread laughter around you know the area uh, around the Washington D.C. area, which I reside in right now. So and when and it's in the world of stand up comedy it's it's probably to me and I don't care what anybody says it's uh it's probably to me the probably the best and closest thing to being an entrepreneur uh you know because first of all you really don't work for nobody you kind of do uh when it comes to when it comes to you know asking other comedy clubs are getting booked. The only person that you kind of work for is like the, you know, the owner or the producers of a comedy club or or any comedy show whatsoever. And but when I say it's probably the most uh entrepreneurial uh like mindset or 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 game that you're, you're that you're ever going to play because your jokes and humor come from your own mind your own life and you're just trying to show the world like where you come from with your jokes and hopefully they relate to you and hopefully you know you get them wrong all over the floor because you're because you you know your jokes or get them spinning their beers out and actually and then accidentally like uh, spitting their drinks on like their significant other which i would love to see one day but <laughs> other than that yeah, it it's 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 good and tough business. And also, when I say it, it's probably the greatest entrepreneurial thing to do ever because it, of course, you're talking on stage in front of, uh, you know, different types of people, you know, in the audience, and with that, and that can help you, you know, communicate pe- communicate with other people better, especially if you try and start. Uh, your own business uh, of some sort or whatever business you want to start, it can help you communicate with, you know, with your customers because, you know, communication is a big part to entrepreneurship, you know, obviously. And, and I'm, I'm pretty glad and I'm happy that I found that that was like my only passion that I, that, that I found that that was, I was at least decent at right now. And I won't tell you, tell tell y'all how I want, how I became a stand-up comedian, or what made me decide to do it. All right, first things first. Uh, it's just because I naturally make my friends and family members laugh without even trying. You know, I was just being me. You know, just not trying to crack a joke when I'm, you know, I'm part of a like like a conversation with my friends or family members. It's just whatever comes out of my mouth they laugh and I don't and I don't even know why they just start out laughing and then these words from my friends and family members is what got me into a life of comedy Andrew 
which is, uh, you know, my full name, the way everybody goes by, but Drew Vu is my stage name. But anyways, they tell me, you're funny as hell, Andrew. You should do stand-up comedy, you know? And, and that's what, that's what gave me a lot of, you know, you know, uh, you know, pride. Because when, when people tell you that you're good at something and then it's, and it's like, especially if something like, uh, making people laugh, you know how much like, you know, confident that builds in you just when people say that. I mean, if somebody says, let's say you're at a basketball court playing with a group of friends, then you end up draining like, I don't know, like three pointers every one minute, like, you know, Stephen Curry style. Everybody, you know, everybody that watch you like, you know, uh, play basketball is going to be like, man, you, yeah, you're the shit, man. And good job, bro. Like you, 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 man, you can ball, you know, that gives you, that gives you a lot more confidence. Well, that, that's what, uh, got me into comedy because people told me I should do it. And yeah, that's, that's how it all started. But right now, just doing it for like six years, you know, it seems like a while, but it's, it's it's not it's not i feel like when i started comedy i rem i remembered it like it was yesterday you know you know time passes by fast so i'm just going to advise people you have a dream or you want to accomplish something or you have a business idea do it now because life is too short time goes by very fast you know so just another advice to you know future uh, aspiring entrepreneurs but, anyways, I remember the first time, my first time doing stand-up, uh, it was, <laughs> uh, first of all, like, literally, it was, like, the night before. Like, before I went to, like, the night before the first time I did stand-up, uh, I had to, uh, I was, uh, believe it or not, I was actually nervous. Like, it was, like, I was about to get on stage, like, in five minutes. It, it was crazy. I was, like, my whole, my whole uh brain was just telling me to do you ready to do this you ready to do this and this was like probably i don't know like 20 some hours before you know my first show and uh, i was even shaking so what i did and if you want but i also advise you know people that wants to start doing comedy before you start doing it for the first time or go you know or going on stage for the first time watch like a stand-up online or watch a Netflix special or something. You know, that's what I did. And I watched I remember I watched uh probably one of my favorite stand ups of all time. You know, Bill Bird, uh, uh what, what is the stand up call? I think this ain't happening. I think that's the first that was the stand up that I watched uh the night before I performed for the first time. And then it really helped because looking at Bill Burr's set, you know how he is he just speaks his mind and he 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 really no filter and then that's what literally helped me gave me the confidence to go on stage but <laughs> the next day uh when i was going to the comedy spot in the in um in the boston mall not boston as the as the boston celtics it's the boston with the b a l l s t o n mall in like uh near arlington virginia i just want to point that out because you know boston said sounds like boston i don't want people to assume that that my first stand-up was in like boston massachusetts so uh we got that straight but yeah it was at the boston mall uh which was uh you know of course a mall you know a typical mall <laughs> you know y'all know what the mall is it's it's a it's a mall and the sh show i performed at was basically upstairs on the third level and then it was the the mall had the had a movie theater and basically the comedy spot uh as what the comedy venue was called was right next to the you know the entrance to the movie theater on the third floor of the mall and that's where i performed at and of course it was uh not just my first time but it was uh my uh my my friend cortez uh fabia you know, he was in the military, you know, he started stand up same time as me, but too bad, uh, I guess he stopped doing it because I guess he realized how hard it is. I don't know why he stopped, but 
I guess he was busy with, you know, doing military things, traveling and everything. But I remember, you know, we brought a whole bunch of our friends and family out. I brought some of my friends, you know, uh, but he brought a lot of his family members uh, out. You know, <laughs> if you're my first time, I didn't want, you know, to bring my family members to do stand-up. I don't want them to... Uh, if I do bad, I want them to, oh, yeah, you shouldn't do this anymore. You should stick with school, you know, of course. That's why I do this, because I hate school, education system, which really sucks. You know, it's a scam, just like a lot of things in life. So, that's, uh, uh, yeah, that's what happened. And then, you know, and then the room, it was not like a comedy club. It's called the Comedy Spot, but we did it in this one like dark room you open a door and then when the show started you close it and then it looks like um what you call it, it looks like you know kind of like a dark room where you know athletes you know football players or whatever like uh sit where where they sit and then the coaches just explain and all in the video of their of of the teams they're playing and then what they should do it's what you call that uh view like you know viewing practice or whatever but anyways yeah that's what the room looked like if you have the idea but to me uh since it was since most of the comics were dudes it just looks like uh uh you know a dark uh dark room that looks like a rehabilitation center in a prison <laughs> so that's what it looked like but yeah i mean me and my man cortez we didn't do that bad the first time Obviously, the other comics, they did it, you know, they started a little bit before us, so they, they were a little better. But obviously, you know, they got some laughs, and they, at the same time, they didn't get laughs because people relate to them, some people don't. Same here. Uh, it was, not gonna lie, it was very nerve-wracking before I went on stage, because you, know you know that feeling when you're about to go up, and then the, right when the when the host of the comedy show forgot his name i haven't seen him around uh in the comedy business like lately but right when he was about to introduce my name oh you couldn't you couldn't understand how nervous i was it was literally i was shaking and everything and uh i was just thinking in my head it's just like uh i can't believe i'm actually doing this shit i can't believe i'm doing it but you know what helped me, you know, take the fear away? I just, I just uh, remember the Bill Burr special I watched the night before. And I just told myself, just like Bill Burr did, your jokes is your life. Just tell it. See what happens. You kind of, you wrote it down in a notebook and then you rehearsed it. Just do what you rehearse. And then right when I came on stage, it was a rap. You know, I just explained myself, did some jokes about, <laughs> About you know you know my mom and dad you know of course that uh, turned out pretty well because you know you know jokes about your family or your parents is always is probably the most universal material ever. So if you're a comedian, you're definitely gonna make fun of your family because everybody relates to other people's family, even though we're all different, come from different backgrounds. You know the family ha household is literally similar. You know you get. You get smacked in the face by them when you're a kid. You just being a troublemaker. You know how it is. It's a, it's very relatable. So I did those jokes, and yeah, I mean I didn't do that. I mean I did good for first timer, but you know obviously there's some things I need to work on because that was my first time, and uh, I didn't like your first time. You you don't really. Uh, know what you did unless uh, uh, unless someone told you what you did wrong and everything so basically the criticism I got from my friends is like yeah I was just <laughs> I was just like looking down not looking at people but I didn't I didn't I thought I was looking at people it was just like the light that was like kind of above you know in the ceiling that was shining on the performers or the comics like it was shining my face and that's why i was looking down because you know of course well it it was like basically the sun was inside a dark room that's basically what it what it felt like that's why i didn't look it didn't look like i looked at people i just i was just looking at the ground because my eyes the light was hurting my eyes so i guess that was the excuse but 
at the same time, you know, it did like it did make me look nervous, and I was nervous. So, so I have to admit that. But it was a very fun experience. Right after I got off stage, that I literally told myself, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, I want to be a stand-up comedian, hope like you know, an entertainer that you know that like that likes to make people laugh. Because all my childhood, the only thing that made me happy is what, like making people laugh. Whatever, whatever I said or whatever I did, every time people laugh at me, it's 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 like it felt like I, I you know, I won a little bit of a lottery. I don't know, like a little laughter. I remember when I was a kid, made me, uh, you know, you know, proud that like I made some somebody like happy, like for one second. You know, and then it, it really took a toll on me. So I'm glad I, that I found out my passion like early on. So yeah, <sighs> thank God I want to do. I wanted. I found that uh, passion of doing comedy because ever since elementary school, I didn't understand the school system. Everybody knows this, you know, especially the people, you know, that that's. In college right now, I'm 29 years old. I didn't finish school. I'm just talking. You know, I'm just. I want. I just want to talk to, you know, the students that's a couple years younger than me. You know, in their late 20s. You know, or even like late teens who who's about to enter a university. I mean, congratulations for getting into a college. You know, just but yeah, have fun, meet new people, but. Study your butt off because you're paying money for it. And I'll, I got to research more about the whole education system. But I heard, you know, it's, you know, like nowadays, these these uh, self-help or self-made entrepreneurs that I told you all about in the beginning of this uh, podcast is that is that they all say the, they wouldn't recommend you know, people going to college if they want to start their own business because college, like, educate the education system teaches you basically how to not just, like, it only teaches you how to work for somebody, you know? It does, it teaches you a lot of things, don't get me wrong, but the only thing it doesn't teach kids is how to manage money. And I feel like that is the very important thing that any human being uh needs uh needs to get in their brain because mo- like money is like what we use to you know buy our food buy clothes or you know even pay taxes you know but a, a lot of us uh especially me i i still don't like <laughs> i still don't know how to like you know manage my money that well i'm still spending like a like like a straight up gold digger on like food and like pointless stuff you know because because like we were taught to just work and then it can be stressful because to me that's not really everybody's passion to work for somebody unless like your passion is just moving up into the business and become just like your boss whether he's a douchebag or a cool person or not, you just want to be like him, be like him or her, and just run everything and everybody just like that person did. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like you know the the you know the king and queen story. And then you know the peasant uh, moves up in power and then he takes the throne. It, you know, some people just want to go through that. But how about? creating your own empire foundation then you can be the first king or queen don't you think that would be the best thing ever you know just let people um like know how to manage like your money in your own way and have that financial freedom and everything and also try to have that skill to convince people to spend their time and money to you know to check your business out, you know, and that's what I'm doing right now. With uh, I have I just uh, I just started my own company uh called Act of Foo Entertainment, in which um, 
uh, I book stand-up comics uh, from, uh, you know, from around, you know, the, from around Washington, D.C. or Northern Virginia mostly, sometimes, you know, from New York, uh, so they can perform on my show or, or at any place where, or any venue, lounge, or bar that will let me run a comedy show. Um, you know, I book though, I book comics and I market the show and have, try to build an audience, you know, and just do ticket sales. So that's what, that's my business right now. And also with like some short skits because, you know, social media, uh, it's such a powerful thing right now. That's the thing. That's, that's probably the most strongest weapon for any, you know, aspiring business owner should use because technology right now makes everything a little bit easier not and not a lot of people realize that and people should start real realize realizing that more because a lot of successful entrepreneurs or businessmen you know back in the day around like i guess uh, like you know around the 80s and 90s and stuff that's when technology wasn't very big yet and they have to, when they want to start their own business or they get noticed, you know, they have to do that typical door-to-door sale, which is very annoying. I've done it once, and that's the thing I will never do again because why would you, like, why would you just uh, go do door-to-door and knock on somebody's, uh, uh, you know, house, and obviously people are not going to answer or they open it and they realize in one second who you are. You're just trying to make a sale. They're just going to close the door on you. Or even then, maybe they're freaking, you know, dog. If it's like a canine, like a Rottweiler or a pit bull, you know, the dog, <laughs> the dog will let you know. that hey, you ain't, I ain't, I ain't buying any, we ain't buying any of your shit. Or else, you, what you, what you think this is? We, we know, we know you fake. You know, we, we know, we all know that you're going to. That you just trying to take our money? Then get out of here before I freaking like yank your freaking arm off. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, just doing a, just doing a voice over of somebody's pet dog. You know, I'm pretty, but I'm pretty sure that's what they're thinking in their mind. You know, but anyways, yeah, that's that. You know, that's the thing. Uh, with technology right now, with one finger, or uh, like if you promote like you know your business show. Or whatever you're selling, if it's whether it's like shoes or clothing that you're trying to sell for your business, you can just put it on Instagram. You can put it on Facebook just by one click of your fingers. Like millions can see what you're trying to sell, and you know out of those millions, you you can people will probably buy it because you know everybody has different tastes. Oh man, you never know. Uh, people just uh, like will have the same taste as you, but you might be lucky because like you just post post it on there. Because on like social media and you know technology nowadays, like it you like you don't really have to have high expectations of your customer. You just put it out there, see what happens, and then you'll learn. What people uh what like what people like or don't like, and then that's how you do it from there. Yeah, it's called action, people, which not a lot of us like to take. Don't don't get me wrong. It took me a while to stop my procrastination and you know getting me assertive to start this podcast, especially. You know, I'm I want to admit I'm going to admit this. You know, just in case like you know any like comics. Like, you know, tell me the oh Andrew or Drew doesn't get out that much. You know, I try to at least get out three times a week, you know. That's that's considered not even much. Uh when it comes to doing comedy a week, you know. I know com- I'm friends with comics, you know, that that does ten shows a week. Which whoo how the hell do you have that energy? But, you know, it's uh they they just have that like will they want to do it you know and then you know it make and then it just makes me want to slap myself because you know they have more will to do it and I have the passion for it but they just have a bigger passion and 
That's what I'm trying to do now. Let's find a way to be more assertive. Don't get me wrong. I want, I'm, I perform whenever I get to, not making any excuses or whatever. I, you know, I have a decent 10-minute bit that can, uh, you know, definitely make uh, people laugh on stage. But uh, you, if you if something like stand-up comedy, if you want to do it, you have to do it. You get what I'm saying? So... Just shout out to my fellow comics that that's grinding their asses off, doing ten shows a week, you know. And, and, you know, and I see the results. You know what happens? They get booked a lot more than a lot of people, just because they've been writing, going out almost every night, like two, three shows a night. Whew, you know. That's what I'm trying to do. I gotta fix a like you know. I got I gotta be like more self-disciplined. You know, I'm working on that right now. You know. Like in order to do be self disciplined, you have to find out what your bad habits are, and you know I got a lot of it: <laughs> drinking, smoking, and uh, yeah, I don't want to tell the other habits, but yeah, uh, you get what I'm saying, <laughs> you know. So yeah, but bad habits and being more self disciplined will help you, you know, perform higher, get you more assertive, and become make you become a doer. I know, you know, and one one thing that I'm doing that really, really, really helps, like, you know, your mind to be more self-disciplined, I've been reading a lot. Don't get me wrong, I used to not like reading because, you know, I went to, uh, you know, school, since elementary school to high school and a little bit of community college, which I dropped out, like, like literally almost, like, 10 years ago, but... I started reading stuff that interested interested me. You know, I read a couple like you know stand-up comedy books. You know, to teach me how to write and perform, and you know the business of it. But I also read a lot of like you know military history stuff. You know, you know especially biographies of uh, you know Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar. I just got the book, you know, the biography of Napoleon. Um, and and I don't know why because. Uh, uh, I like military history just because uh, it's like when I research about the you know former kings or ancient kings or generals like they had they basically have that entrepreneurial mindset you know that's why I liked about them but yeah even though you know they did some evil stuff uh, it's it it's the type of thing they want to do in life and it's their it's it's what life you know, brought them, so I can't blame them for being so super ambitious, a little bit of evil, and doing a lot of atrocities, you know, hey, that's humanity, all right, that's, that's life for like thousands of years lately, you know, don't get me wrong, and, but anyways, like reading these books on these guys, you know, it taught, it taught me how to like, you know, be more assertive, Somebody like Julius Caesar, the book, uh, like while he at his time while he was trying to get into power, you know, you know, Rome, Rome was like getting into um, kind of like a power struggle, you know, because at that time it was like you know the late Roman Republic. Uh, it's like when uh, like you know politicians are so corrupt, and and. Uh, there's kind of like you know inequality this is just like america right now but then you know caesar was that type of guy that won you know i guess that's that saw like the struggles and he wanted to make change and stuff but you know how every politician is they make people they make the civilians think they want to you know help them but at the same time they just want to get into power <laughs> that's basically like you know the realities of being a politician and so yeah, he did get into power, of course, and then y'all heard of, and then you, you know, y'all heard of his uh, his assassination on March fifteenth, which is the eyes of March. You know, he got stabbed by his own like you know friends and other politicians. You know, it was it was like a probably one of the well like the well known uh, conspiracies in all human history. But you know, after his death, death, and then you know, at the end of the book, uh, he. The uh the book said that like yeah he was his life was very dramatic, not just you know he was ambitious he had dreams, you know and he was a good leader, 
you know, and that's the and and also the what this one sentence that struck me hard is that he was always busy, no relaxing, no nothing. He was always busy, and that that kind of like came to my mind. I was like, oh yeah. And I think I was reading that that part when I was <laughs> when I was having a beer in my hand, and then when I wrapped right after I, it's the book said that uh, I was just like, it just struck me. I was like, what the hell am I doing? I don't look like I'm busy, you know. And that's and that's what you know got me a little bit more assertive. And that's why I want to recommend people that want to know how to be self-disciplined read a book or read a couple of books. I'm telling you. It really helps. It brightens your mind, you know. Even if it's even if it's like uh, science fiction or whatever, just fiction. A lot of like these make believe stories kind of like uh, exaggerate on like the human life. That's why I notice. So read that, and then you know, like I don't know, read like a Harry Potter book or a Lord of the Rings book or something. Then like, <laughs> just read, read, get your mind going. Like, successful people are successful because their brain's always working, you know? And they're proud of it. And they enjoy it. It's like a mental... It's, it's like... It's like your brain is, like, benching, like, 300 pounds. That's that's what it's like, you know? So, <laughs> just try to find a way to exercise your mind. Because I remember... <laughs> I remember one of... Uh, I was looking on YouTube. I think this one radio station... I forgot the name of the guy... Well, the radio station was, but he they're interviewing the legendary comedian Paul Mooney. Oh my God, I love that guy. He's so honest, so truthful, and hilarious. But the thing is, you know, he, not a lot of people heard of him because you know he's just too real. You know, he's the type of guy you sit in the front row and then he just spits some real stuff. You know, like he'll you just like uh you know you just look at the other person see. Like how, like you know how if he's offended too. So that that's how real he is. And he said that. Well, anyways, he said that the uh, like getting tortured mentally is even it, it's ten times worse getting tortured uh physically. And when you know he was he was talking about torture because you know they're 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 all talking about the his the history of racism. You know of African Americans in America, so that's what they're talking about. They, <laughs> I think, I think I don't know if he's exaggerating or he's actually he actually don't mind, but he said he'd rather be a slave, uh, like in the beginning of America, like uh, like three four hundred years ago, instead of being like kind of like a like a mental slave now because he was like like being a like being. Yeah, he said being a mental, being being a slave mentally is is worse than being a slave physically, you know. And of course, I was like, hmm, hmm. I was wondering, you know, I was like, yeah, he got a point there because you know that mental slavery slavery part. I don't know. I think a lot of, I mean, all almost all of us, like probably felt it, especially my shitty job. I felt it, like almost every day, you know, being, like being told what to do and uh and if like a manager or a team leader is like almost your age or whatever and he bosses you around it's like you can't do nothing it's like that, that mindset where like you're like my age bro like stop you know it's that thing about like talking up like when somebody your age has that power and authority because they're higher up than you they have the right to just tell you to do what uh whatever they want like you know Hostile, yeah, that's the thing. And then you can't do anything about it. That's like to me, like one one example being like a being like a slave mentally, and especially and what and also it's just like lazy coworkers that get paid the same as you, but they always get away for not working hard, and then and then you know they nothing happens to them. That's one effect too. I tell you all that, and oh, whoo. I can't count how many how many times I just want to pump my fist up, you know. But obviously, I learned my lesson. It's a it's a supermarket, you know. You don't want to start chaos because whatever you complain about, even to HR, they're not going to do nothing. Because places like retail, you know, my job or a lot of jobs right now is that 
like the boss and the people under them is just people got to the top because they it's the people they know you know so basically you're getting you're basically uh working for people that are friends with each other you know and that's that's annoying as hell and then whatever you say if you're not really cool with them nothing's really going to change or nothing's going to happen to you you're just going to be pissed off and they're just going like you know like laugh at you like you know like behind your back while they're in their offices and everything so i mean that's how it is you know that's why you know to me self-interest it's probably the only best thing for humanity because you start your own business i think it will it will be great for people financially uh economically and socially you know so because as humans we're creatures too of this planet we're just like lions deers or whatever or we're 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 creatures but we're the most scariest probably and probably the most complicated you know we don't want to work for everybody forever just to, it, it's like it's like being a tiger or a lion in a circus and you know you know they they you know the ring then probably you know the first years of getting captured you know they were probably scared you know, and a little nervous on the first job, but then, you know, they, the ringmaster seems really cool, but they kept doing it, they, they kept, like, you know, getting whipped, you know, by the master, and they keep telling, getting told to, like, jump through this hoop, or whatever, or do this hula hoop, run next to this elephant, you know, and then, just like us, they probably get sick and tired of it, and then they got very fed up, they just, like, the line will probably just, like, explode, and that's what happened, like, a lot lately in circuses, they freaking, you know, bite the heads of the ringmaster because they can't take it anymore. He's like, jump through this hoop, jump through this hoop, uh, right? And then the lion or tiger, he's like, man, fuck you, man, fuck this junk. You know, <laughs> bit his head off and everything. And of course, it's, it's not, it's nothing's really going to help that lion or tiger because you just scared a bunch of little kids. And you just basically scarred, you know, a lot of people, especially little kids, for the rest of their life. Just because you can't, you hate, you hate your damn job, and then you just, you just like, you know, you bit somebody's head off just to show your your anger. <laughs> you know, it's crazy, man. Like, humans are the same way, but you know, we don't bite people's head off unless, like, you know, kind of like that Walking Dead plot, like zombie plot exists. But other than that, we just like, man, screw you. You know, you know, you you shed a little bit of tears, you know, and you just you just have that DMX mentality when he when he rapped that line and one and the song I forgot. He's like, hey, don't fight me, fight these tears. That's what I felt like a lot of times while working at my my day job for like almost ten years, dude. You understand how many times I broke down? It's like, you know, it, it's that like ah oh, that meant that mentally you feel sick at the same time while you're like bawling out like crying have you ever and then and it's embarrassing because you know your manager team leader is like oh please please take a break i I think you need drink water or something just i just mostly don't like going to the break room or just passing by you know customers you know i have to like i gotta (laughs) have you ever like have you you ever like had such a shitty day at your job that you know you tear it up or whatever and you try you try so hard just to not uh let anybody or your employees or your customers like look at you you just be like oh, oh i'm sneezing you ever pretend to sneeze you know <laughs> you know <laughs> you know you crying no i just have a cold it's, it's, i have a lot of allergies like right now and then you know and you just keep walking faster and i gotta get a drink of water but you know people already know what you look like when you're crying because you know your eyes are super red you when you have allergies your eyes don't get red like that it can get watery but it doesn't get red you know just looks like you know you just uh you know smoke marijuana and but it's just with a lot of tears (laughs) you know that's basically what like uh crying is like but yeah (sighs) that's why i say Start your own business, people. Self-interest is the, probably the greatest thing that can happen to human, like you know, to humanity. You know, I think capitalist is, you know, <clears throat> capitalism can be 
bad, but it can be good at the same time. It depends on how you, how how what your take on it and what your actions on capitalism. You just blame the rich or whatever, and because you know because of them, their people are like people. A lot of people are poor. No, I feel like, and they say, and then. The self-help books or even like people that are trying to help people, they say it all the time. They'll tell you the same thing because it's facts. There's poverty because people uh, people make themselves poor, you know. Wherever, don't get me wrong, I, I'm kind of like, you know, privileged. I don't know, my, my, my family came from war-torn Vietnam and right now, right now, yeah, I'm 29. I'm still living with my parents. It's like a lot of... Like millennials, like right now, is doing, and I don't. I'm trying to research more. Why is that happening? My guess is everything is expensive, especially school. But yeah, P. Like I'm privileged, you know. I don't know what it's like to grow up, grow up in poverty, but I feel like, you know, you can still make something for yourself. You, you know, if you live in poverty, it might be your lifestyle might be much harder than mine, but it's. Uh, you can still you you still have choices, you know. There's still, but to me, there's still poverty because people, you know, play that blame game on the rich people, especially or the middle class people, and then just stay there, and they just keep playing that blame game and then not doing anything about it, you know. That's why you have people have more self interest. You know, we can all help each other out. You know, do trades with each other, you know. And to help ourselves, you know, gain more currency to help, you know, our, our friends and family. I think that's that what self-interest can do. And, yeah. And I'm trying to do that with comedy. Comedy, trying to, you know, make everybody laugh. I'm trying to, you know, make money by being, like, you know, the best court jester of all time. So, <laughs> that's my job. And, uh, and this, right now, I'm just trying to try to get somewhere with this podcast game you know and i'm glad there's somebody some like an app like anchor it's you know basically the youtube for podcasting i found about i found out about anchor through you know one of the vloggers i forgot her name but she, she was talking about it and i was like oh holy snap that's easy as hell you know you can record like a podcast like what i'm doing right now on my phone and then make you know and then you just you can just put it on your ear or whatever, like you're talking to somebody on the phone, and and Anchor can distribute like you, you know your podcast to other like distributors like like um, iTunes or whatever. Dude, are you kidding me? Wow, thank you. You know, if you're if you're if you're a lazy and dumb person just like I am, I recommend and you and you want to start somewhere with being with you know with entrepreneurship entrepreneurship with some sort, start a podcast. And right now, you know, you know, I bet you I sound like I'm stuttering. You know, I, I won't be surprised. I got to look. I got to see what I sound like, <laughs> you know, when I'm editing it and then putting some music in there, you know, before I show it to the public. But, hey, while I was talking to y'all um, about whatever, you know, my business and doing stand-up comedy so far, you know, that that joy of doing it is like, yeah, I'm definitely going to do this later in the future. Be prepared for episode two, or maybe, uh, you know, uh, be prepared to, for episode a thousand something. Like the Joe Rogan experience, which is probably one of my favorite podcasts. You know, Joe Rogan is also a stand-up comic, if you don't know who he is. You know, uh, he's one of my big inspirations of doing, you know, stand-up comedy, especially doing a podcast. You know, because, you know, he... he uh, comedy... He shows that, just like other comedian shows, you know, Joe Rogan shows in his comedy act, uh, you know, the exaggeration of life. And also, when it comes to podcasting, which every episode he has a guest on there, you know, that he talks about, like, you know, real stuff. And with podcasting, uh, if you listen to a podcast, you you learn a lot from it. It's like reading a book, but except you're hearing it, you know, on the audio. That's why, and then that's why I want to start this also. I want to kind of educate people what I discovered or, you know, how to make them more happy and, you know, get out of resentment or whatever. And then hopefully I'm doing that 
to some resenting people or depressed people right now, if they can hear me, is that, you know, start your own stuff. Speak your mind. Let people listen. You know, self-interest is the key, people. And, and that's all I have to say so far, you know. So, this is the, I guess I'll, I guess I'm going to call this a wrap for episode one of the Mind of the Vutain podcast. Now I'm going to edit it. And I'm probably going like, uh, it's going to be a long editing process. It's going to be a long process, but hey, that's how life works, right? You know, trying to like, try to see if you can take away your stutters, add some music, try to make it look good for y'all. You know, so. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in episode one or the pilot of the Mind of the Vutain podcast. And you're going to hear, and you're going to hear me next Tuesday, you know, I'm planning to do this, uh, once a, probably once a week, but not twice a week, I'll let everybody know, uh, what, you know, when, uh, my schedule is, or, or when the next time I'm going to record, you know, but also I'm going to tell y'all my, uh, my schedules of when I'm going to perform comedy in the area, I'm mostly around the Washington DC area, but if I'm out of town, I'm getting booked at somewhere outside of Virginia. I'll let everybody know on on this podcast, and also I'll let any everybody know when I'm performing or when to tune into my podcast uh, uh, on social media. So you can you can uh, find me on Facebook, Andrew Vu, and also please follow my Active Food Entertainment. Uh, a Facebook page. You're going to see a couple of videos of me doing stand-up and my fellow comics doing stand-up. And please follow my Act uh, of Food Entertainment on my Instagram. Just Act of Food. And please follow me on Twitter at uh, DrewVu89. And thank you everybody for tuning in for episode one of the Mind of the Vutain podcast. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And if you're drinking and driving and happy out right now, Please drink uh, responsibly and don't get pulled over and don't crash your car. All right. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Peace.